Hello, everybody. It's time for Sam and the Big Man's NFL podcast with no further ado in what's been another huge week in the NFL. And I do mean that in the, in the truest sense. It's a very good evening to the great man, Sam Zickman. Hello, Sam. Uh, David, it's great to be with you tonight to talk some NFL uh, and pretty much exclusively NFL with not much going on in the college football world. So we'll be diving diving deep into NFL. Uh, there's been some interesting moves. The coaching front is very topical again, uh, probably a, a coaching move that most of us uh, thought would be coming at the end of the year, but has, has preempted. But yeah, really interesting week. Um, some fantastic results. A really good game today as well, which we can talk about since we are recording uh, on a Friday. And phenomenal game of football today. And of course, um, I've actually got the weekend sitting at home after some uh, COVID issues in Newcastle. There's NFL on Sunday in our time this week, which gives us extra time to watch football. Sam, um, just very briefly, I think it's uh, only polite and proper to mention that both of us want to pass out our condolences and deepest thoughts and prayers to everybody in the Devonport community at the moment. Um, I just can't believe what's going on uh, with this terrible accident. And I just wanted to pass on my thoughts and prayers to everybody down in Northern Tasmania. Yep, really well said. Really well said, David. It's um, yeah, one of those, one of those really, really tough ones um, to even think about, to be honest. So yeah, all our thoughts, all our thoughts and prayers going out to everyone in that community. Under football last week. And it's it's funny when you record a week later, Thursday night football seems so long ago. It seems like another generation. My Minnesota Vikings hanging on like a, like a, a limpet, but they're still there. 36-28. They tried their very best to lose this game, but a very high-scoring quality game at US Bank Stadium, the magnificent US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And there are many of stadiums there, but it, it, in America that are great. This one is Vikings 36-28. Sam's Dallas Cowboys did enough to win 27-20. They weren't overly impressive, but they got the W and they've won seven of their last nine games at Landover. And that is big in the NFC. We will talk about them. And of course, as always, we'll talk about the Cowboys first. In a game that's actually had a huge flow-on effect, the Tennessee Titans 20 over the Jacksonville Jaguars 9. That's the game the Titans needed to have, an easier game without Derrick Henry there. But it's had a massive flow and effect. We'll talk about that soon in relation to the head coach. The um, Seattle Seahawks, 33-13 over the Texans. I think everybody tipped that. I don't think anybody tipped this margin. The Kansas City Chiefs are on an absolute roll. 48-9 over um, Las, Las Vegas, if you don't mind, at the magnificent Arrowhead. The Saints, 30 over the Jets, 9. That's no surprise there. The Falcons, 29 over the Panthers, 21. And interestingly, both Sam and I actually tipped the Atlanta Falcons to win that game. The Cleveland Browns, um, who we'll talk about in a minute because they've got massive COVID issues. They're going to go in very, very, very shorthanded this week. 24-22 and an excellent win for Cleveland at home. That shows that they've got some real ticker. I think that's an excellent performance. Um, The Los Angeles Chargers 37 over the New York Giants 21. I think most people picked up that. The Broncos 38 over the Lions 38-10. I think everybody picked the, the Bronx. San Francisco, 23 over um, Cincinnati, 26 over Cincinnati, 23. Excellent game of football. And the 49ers affirming rapidly to be a wildcard team in the NFC. Um, In another superb game of football, Tampa Bay, 33 in overtime over the Buffalo Bills, 27. The Buffalo Bills came home like a freight train in the second half. Great game of football. I want to speak about Josh Allen and his longevity if he's going to keep running the ball that much. In another superb game of football, 
and high scoring, which is most unusual in the black and blue division outdoors. Green Bay 45, and I do mean that 45 over the Bears 30, and Green Bay were in trouble earlier. They were down 24-14. And then on Monday night 40, uh, the Cardinals, who continue to have problems winning at home, the Rams 30 over the Cardinals 23 in a very important game in the NFC West. And then this morning, in a sensational, actually early this afternoon, in a sensational overtime game um, at the magnificent SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, in overtime, Kansas City 34 over the Chargers 28. Sam, as we always do, let's go talk about your Dallas Cowboys. 27-20, get the W, get business done, probably shore up the division. Weren't great, but did enough, didn't they? I think that's exactly exactly how we can sum it up. They did enough. They, they certainly weren't brilliant. They started really well, and then just the back end of the game was concerning. Washington has a bad a bad pick from from Dak, um, which you know allowed it to be as close as it was with a few minutes to play when they could have run out the clock. Yeah, it's a little bit concerning moving forward that they um, that they just didn't play well in the second half. But having said that, that they played incredibly well for, for periods of the game, in particular the first quarter and the, probably a half of the second quarter. Um, my key takeout from this game is that I reckon Micah Parsons could and potentially should be the MVP this year. He's been unbelievable. He'll certainly be defensive player of the year. DPOY no, for sure. I, there's an article on ESPN about the um, MVP and it's down to a couple. Parsons has actually mentioned Brady's in there. Um, Herbert's actually interest, in, in there as well, which I found interesting. And Murray would have been a probably even money if he'd have played the whole season. But Parsons has been lights out for Dallas. He's been an absolute jet for them. He's the best defensive player in America. Yeah, he's unbelievable. It's, it goes to show that this is – if if they give it to a quarterback this year, they may as well just rename it the quarterback award because no, no quarterback's been exceptional all the way through the year or been without injury or had down patches – so this is probably the season if they're going to give it to a defensive player or a non-quarterback. This is probably the season to do it because you would anticipate that you know someone, you know whether it's Rogers or I mean, to be honest, Rogers is probably there, but because of all the COVID stuff, I'm just not sure whether he'll get it. It's not sure he'll get the votes um, to win it because of his his attitude and his stance and a few things that he did. So he, he probably deserves it. It probably should be Rogers, but I don't think it will be. He's thirty um, and four. He's thirty touchdowns and four interceptions. I just I just don't know if I'll give it to him. Yeah, I'm just not sure they will. And, and other than that, you know, Lamar's had an up and down year, and Mahomes has been lights out, but he had just this patch of poor play. Um, he was phenomenal today, and, and so was Kelsey. Um, you know, Dak hasn't been much. Brady's been good. Brady's probably right up there too. But you know, I, I, again, I'm probably biased, but I just think that he's been exceptional. Parsons, he can play anywhere on that line. Um, you know, another couple of sacks and tackles for loss this week. He's he's an exceptional player and. Yeah, the Cowboys' defense is much better for him. And good win. They're three games up in the division. I'm pretty comfortable that the Cowboys will be going in as probably a four seed, um, maybe a three seed. And a four seed gets them a home final against Team 5. They'll be very hard a bit. I don't think they're at the same level as Zona, Green Bay and Tampa right now. But they have four games left. And they can get things right. Elliot can get, um, and they're in division so much they probably should win them all. And they play the Cardinals interestingly enough to round out the year, and that could be a, a top seed, you know, either a top seed versus a four seed type of matchup. Um, and whoever, whoever finishes the four seed is going to get the Rams. I can't see the Rams catching the Cardinals, 
Um, you never know, but I, I probably can't see that happening. So you think the Rams finish fifth and they, they play the fourth place team, which is probably going to be the Cowboys. And I don't know if I'd want that matchup. No, um, I do think that Dallas will be relatively pleased defensively with keeping Washington, who have become a decent football side in the last six weeks uh, to 20. That's actually a more than satisfactory performance by America's team. My Vikings over the Seahawks 36 28 should have won by a lot more, but they're hanging on. They're right in there for playoffs. Um, the Niners only have to stumble. And remember that the Vikings have beaten Green Bay. And that you, you wonder, but again, I come back to that game against the Lions. It's going to cost us. Del- Delvin Cook, he was exceptional in this game. Really, oh, yes. really. When Finney's the second best running back in America. It is an interesting Derrick Henry's still in the top five in rushing yards. <laughs> he hasn't played since week eight. He's still in the top five. One of the things I find really interesting and, and to a certain extent disappointing about America's football press is that when someone is down or someone gets removed, they often put the knife in without having much balance. Now, I don't know if Urban Meyer was ever meant, ever meant to be an NFL coach, but the articles about him today have been utterly scathing, Sam Zickman, utterly scathing. And I mean no one has had nice things to say about a guy that's a very, very good football coach. The Tennessee Titans, 20 over the Jacksonville Jaguars, zero. And just to let everybody know this morning, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shad Khan, fired Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's gone and he will most probably go and either retire or get a college job. Sam, the Jaguars have been poor and the Titans, that's the game they needed to get themselves back on track. They're still going to get a high seed. But um, it appears that Urban Meyer hasn't got many friends at, at professional football level, to be honest with you, particularly with what I've seen written today. Yeah, yeah. He, um, that, I mean, look, he was, in some ways it felt like he was trying to get himself fired. Um, he made a few interesting comments. He, you know, there was a rumour going around that he basically trotted staff in and made them defend their resumes and called them all losers. Um, you know, how much of that's got a little bit of, of, uh, of additional source on it, I don't know, but there's some things coming out. I mean, the, the GM, Khan, came out and, and basically said that, you know, after the incident with the, the lady who was not Urban Meyer's wife that was a, a few weeks back, he basically said that, you know, Urban Meyer would need to build his trust and his brand back up, basically said that, in other words. And then he said in, in this in this when he fired him, he said that just didn't happen and that Urban Meyer didn't even try to do it. In fact, probably went the other way about it. Um, I can't imagine him ever coaching at NFL level again. There was a report that he actually kicked their kicker. Did you read that, David? He basically booted well. their kicker. Louis Riddick has said that he's done on on ESPN. Has said that he's done um, as an NFL coach. Yep, I saw that he um, uh, he kicked his kicker. Apparently, allegedly, I've got to be very careful there. And they had to get a, another one of their wide receivers, Morris Peters. To, they had to drag him back. Because you're so offended. That's right. Yeah, we don't know the truth. I mean, a lot of this stuff, we're just not sure. You're hearing it secondhand. You don't know whether it's there. But I mean, yeah, uh, look, it's a shame. It's a shame. He was such a good college coach, and there's you know a lot of commentary being about how you know you can get away with things at a college level because the players in college, you know, they're not professional players that they're aiming to be, and a lot of it is dictated by their performance at a college level. And if they get a coach offside, they either enter the portal and transfer, which is, you know, can be detrimental or they, you know, or they don't get the the playing time. They need to become a professional player. Whereas when you are a professional player with a contract, um, mind you, NFL contracts are interesting. You've got a bit less opportunity for a coach to push you around. And if a coach is going to be doing things like that, um, you know, it probably NFL lends itself to more like the Mike Tomlin approach, which is like the players coach, get along with the players, 
as opposed to the Urban Meyer approach. But really sad in the end, David. We were both excited about about his appointment earlier on and Trevor Lawrence and all the momentum building down there, but it just hasn't worked out. It hasn't. Scrolling on down, the Chiefs over the Raiders, if there was needed to be a warning message sent out to everybody in the AFC that Kansas City are back 48-9, the Raiders have been very up and down since John Gruden had to leave the football team. Um, but Kansas City, and again, of course, they've won this morning again, so they're now 10-4. and four. Still very much, if New England stumble once, Kansas City's, again, very close to being a top seed. And no one, absolutely no one, will want to have Kansas City as a top seed because they're, they're almost unbeatable at Arrowhead. A brilliant performance from the Chiefs. The Saints over the Jets, yeah, expected. The Falcons over the Panthers, neither of those two sides will... Uh, make the playoffs. And interestingly, I saw some in- an article during the week that Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers are being seriously considered by the, P- the Pittsburgh Football Club to recruit them for next year. Um, they're going to have quite a bit of salary cap left. And that could be very interesting. Both of those two are into the 35 and 40 million range. But I think that the Pittsburgh Club's looking for a veteran quarterback. Watch this space. There is a lot of talk of as well as Rodgers heading to Denver which has been a strongly sourced um, rumour. The Browns over the Ravens, that's a great performance. However... Oh, jeez. Poor Browns. It is (laughs) an unbelievable performance in the Browns. However, the Browns are in more poop than a Werribee Duck, Um, a significant amount of their play. So Baker Mayfield, who's their starting quarterback, and Kevin Stefanski, who's their head coach, uh, out with COVID, and they're just the the, the first of a... And and as of only recently, you can add the backup, Case Keenum, to the list as well. And Case Keenum, who, of course, made himself famous with the Minneapolis Miracle. So uh, so Nick Mullins uh, is going to be uh, running out there in the num- big number zero, uh, which is the number he wears out of uh, South Mississippi. I think he comes out of and he'll be running out their quarterback in the Browns. Um, and, geez, they're in, they're in trouble just because of and, – and that's just the names we mentioned. There are players on the offensive and defensive line. There are players that are on this, you know, you know players who punt returners. It's just unbelievable. It's just COVID's just gone through the Browns. Absolutely has. And of course, one of the things with COVID that everybody's noticed in what is the most scrutinised pandemic in history is that when it gets cold, COVID numbers go up. Now, in Australia at the moment, we have an anomaly. But of course, in Cleveland and Green Bay and Buffalo, it's freezing cold at the moment. And it doesn't doesn't help matters because everybody's inside. The Chargers, a good win over the Giants so far. The Broncos over the Lions. Broncos, seven and six, still in with a real show. They have been very good this year, to be honest, the Broncos. They've been much better than I thought they'd be. The 49ers over the Bengals, great game of football in Cleveland. Watch some of this. And the 49ers are actually a little bit dangerous. I don't think anybody wants to play them because they will most probably end up as a... I think they'll get spot six or seven and knock the Vikings out. And um, they are a dangerous wildcard side, Sam. I think 49ers are making everybody look up and watch them. Yeah, they are because... You know, Kittle's back in form, you know, touchdown over 150 yards. Garoppolo's solid. Um, Trey Lance, very solid. Yeah, very. he's holding Trey Lance off for the most part, which you know, I think a lot of people thought this time uh, of the season, Garoppolo would be would be holding the clipboard, and that's not happening. So, yeah, they, they're plucky. They're plucky. And they play in a tough division because there's no easy game. Seattle is still not giving up. And the Rams and Zona are very, very, very good. The and Rams in Arizona... Mike, that's what might cost them. That's what might cost well, South Brown in the, the end. The Rams in Arizona could quite comfortably play in an NFC Championship final. That's how good they both are. Again, they've got to go through Tampa and Green Bay to do that, I might add. 
in a sensational game of football of a few that were played in the weekend. Tampa Bay 33 in overtime over the Buffalo Bills 27. Tampa had them all over the, all over the shop at halftime. Buffalo showed some enormous ticker. Great rushing from Josh Allen. I think he rushed for over 100 yards um, and his average per, per carry was huge. And uh, Tampa Bay ended up with a 58-yard um, re- receiving touchdown um, from per- Brendan Perryman got the winning touchdown and scooted away down that right touchline to get Tampa their 10th win of the season. They're 10-3. and three. Um, They've got New Orleans this week. But a great game of footy, Sam. And uh, Tom Brady poised as always. And the Buccaneers may be a touch lucky, but at least they got the win. What was interesting in this game, and you alluded to it with your comments about Josh Allen, this was just like a Josh allen a thought in this game. He threw the ball 54 times. Ran 12 times. I mean, they only ran in the in the mid-70 or low-70 of plays. Um, and effectively, he was in every single – I mean, he's obviously in every single one because he gets the snap. But if you mean – if you include the, when he carries the ball, yes. there's only seven seven actual plays where he didn't do something major. Like, that's just a – yeah, I mean, he had to. He had to put them on their back because they were so far behind. But, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to see Josh Allen having to rush 12 times. Um, you know, and throw the ball 54 times moving forward. You've got to have a little bit more of a balanced offense if you're going to beat the better teams. And unfortunately, this year with the Bills has been, you know, they, they're flat-track bullies. They get a poor team, they beat them up, and then they play good teams and they just haven't been able to get the results. I thought Tampa were right for the picking. I think they're a, a bit of an overinflated 10-3, and 3, a little bit lucky to be 10-3, and 3, or lucky is probably not the right word. They've got Tom Brady, so they're incredibly skillful. But, you know, they're sitting 10-3 and 3 and Buffalo sitting 7-6. and 6. I think they'll be kicking themselves. Um, Stephon Diggs didn't really get into the game. Dawson Knox had a quite a few weeks, but he's back to, to, to reasonable form. He managed to find the ball in the end zone, which is good. And, you know, the the defensive line was really solid after halftime for Buffalo and, and the defensive backfield too, considering they leaked 24 points in the first half. But ultimately the damage was done. I think they'll kick themselves, Buffalo, because that's a that's a bad loss. And seven and six is a... She's a poor record for what we thought the Bills were going to do this year, but they're still in it. They should make the playoffs. Um, they'll be a lower seed. But again, probably a team you, you 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 may not want to play if you're a top seed. Yes. Playing them away from Orchard Park changes the balance a bit there. If they get any games at home in that place, in that barnyard, in the cold weather, they're a different kettle official. Although New England, who are rapidly firming as one of the two best sides in the AFC, beat them there in, in a ridiculous conditions. In a 75-point score off on at Lambeau Field on a very mild night, actually. It was very mild. That's why the the scoring was high. It was a mild Green Bay December night. Not too cold. Good weather. Green Bay 45 over Chicago 30. And Green Bay were in absolute all sorts of trouble early. Uh, And they've come back. And Aaron Rodgers still owns the Chicago Bears, Sam Zickman. Yep. Yep. He's got shares in them. He owns a large percentage and he just continues to beat them. And what about 45 points in the second quarter, if you don't mind? What a, what a 24-21, I think it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the one weakness that everybody will be picking on is that the Green Bay Packers special teams are poor. They're not just below average. They are poor and there'll be teams writing down notes, as, they, as Ray Lewis once said on an episode of First Take, that there are people like Brady and the others who just sit at home and click and they click, and they click, and they watch the video, and they say, right, here's where we get them. And this is what all the other teams are doing now, saying, right, Green Bay special teams are awful. Let's get our fastest blokes in, in receiving touchdowns and punts and put pressure on them. 
But yeah. other than that, they were pretty good. And they, as you said, 45 points in the second quarter. Thank you very much. Absolutely. What about a stat from uh, the defensive line, David, which you don't see often? Um, Devondre Campbell, just 16 tackles for the game. He would have been a very, very sore player at the end of that game because you don't often see the players getting into the, the higher teens. Often you see them you know, floating around the, the, lower, the, the lower levels there in the double digits. But 16, uh, that was a pretty solid effort from him, I noted. Um, and really good to see Devontae Adams well back off a COVID list, 10 receptions, 122 yards, and you know Aaron Rodgers' favourite target back there. And, yeah, solid performance. I think they'd be worried, a little bit worried defensively, but, again, most of the damage was done in one quarter, so you forgive them. They're 10-3, and three, and um, as opposed to Tampa Bay, I think they're a very solid 10-3, and three, except, like you say, the special teams issues. And in a cracking game of football at State Farm Stadium at Glendale in Arizona, the Rams away kept the AFC West very interesting. 30-23, very exciting game here, two high-quality football sides. And just for once, they got the Monday night um, scheduling perfect. The Rams and the Cardinals, what a game this was. And, uh, and interestingly, two of these sides, that both of these franchises at one stage or another, both played in St. Louis. But, uh, yeah, very good performance there. And the Rams will be very pleased with that win, Sam. Yep, as the the oddities of American sport, isn't it, where some of these teams have have, uh, have laid their roots at different times. But yeah, it was a solid performance. It's great to see Kyler back to you know getting back into form. Really unfortunate. DeAndre Hopkins has done what looks like for the year um, with a knee injury, which is really sad. He obviously has had a really injury plagued year, despite being quite solid when he's been out there. So they're really going to rely on Christian Kirk now in the passing game. James Conner's interesting. Obviously, he was running around at Pittsburgh there for a number of years. He's looked he's looked okay. Um, you know, he got a couple of red zone touches and was able to punch them in for touchdowns, which is which is really good. Um, on the Rams side, they're just solid. You know, they're in a tough division, as we say. That was a big win because now they they maintain at least an opportunity to try and catch uh, the Cardinals this year. I'm not sure if they will. Um, but, you know, they were pretty good. Sonny Michelle's doing all the legwork in the running game. He was, you know, 20 carries at 79, so nothing special. But Cooper Cup's been the, you know, the probably the player of the year almost on a, on a receiving. But certainly no one was expecting that. Um, good to see Odell get a touchdown. He's got a couple in a row now, which, is, which has been really nice. They've got plenty of receivers. They've got superstars in every line. Um, and they'll be right in it at the Rams. I just don't know if they can catch the Cardinals, which is big because it's either a first seed or a five seed and you're on the road. It's huge. It really is. On to this uh, coming round, which is or the round that's just started, round 15. So um, this afternoon in a cracking, and I do mean a cracking game of footy, I spoke to some of my mates here in ISO up in Newcastle and they said this was a great game. The Kansas City Chiefs 34 over the Chargers 28 in, in uh, overtime. Travis Kelchy with a game-winning 34 receiving game-winning 34 receiving touchdown, a 34-yard receiving touchdown off uh, Patrick Mahomes. Great game of football, back and forth, two high-quality sides. The Chargers are a good football side, they really are, and I think they'll get a they'll get a low seed in the playoffs. And Kansas City will either finish in my mind one or two. I don't see anybody from the AFC North. You're you're on one, are you? You think they're going to finish over? New England. New England's got Buffalo left, but that's at the Fox. Yeah, and they got uh, there's a couple on the Patriots schedule. So they've got Indianapolis this week. They've got Indianapolis, which is it's a big game. And then they've got their nemesis in the last week, which is Miami. Miami love um, getting into the Patriots in the last week of the season. So although I think the challenge will be the next two weeks, obviously the Bills. The Bills are going to have to win, and I think they will. I think the Bills will beat the Patriots. Um, And I think the 
yeah, just watch out for that game this week. I think Indianapolis will be right in it as well, and I'd expect Kansas City to, to go through that. They're looking ominous. But good performance by the Chargers today. They, they really stayed with them. They did. They were, they were very good game of footy between two good sides. So these are Sunday games in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. So they're Saturday games in America. The Las Vegas Raiders, who are almost done and dusted, play Cleveland, who are not done and dusted. But if the Raiders want to get to 7-7, seven and seven, they've got a guilt-edge opportunity with COVID sweeping through the Browns like you wouldn't like it is in Newcastle, actually. The game that Sam referred to, this is the Sunday, another Sunday morning game, which I will be watching. I cannot wait for this. The Patriots away to Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Huge, and I mean massive. And New England's actually won eight straight against Indianapolis, which is an interesting stat. On to um, Sunday um, games in America, Monday games here. Another divisional game away for the Cowboys. So this is two consecutive away. They head to the magnificent Meadowlands in East Rutherford to play the Giants and a perfect timing for that sort of game for Dallas. Off a good win last week, they should beat New York. The Texans and the Jaguars play in probably what's going to be a, a, a game for the number two draft pick. That game's in Jacksonville. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Tennessee Titans. Interesting game here. The Steelers hanging on, hanging on. But their defence has got issues and the Titans, I think, might get home there. The Dolphins, who are still hanging on to an outside chance, play the Jets in Miami. The Washington football side have another huge divisional game in that AFC, in that uh, NFC um, Eastern. Dallas will be... Dallas don't really care because they're going to knock out one of those two teams anyway. And if Dallas win, it's almost done and dusted anyway. Arizona Cardinals get the game they really would have wanted after getting resolved last week. Uh, they played Detroit in Detroit. Carolina um, go away to Buffalo, and you'd think that Buffalo's even money there. The Bengals and the Broncos, two seven and six sides play at Mile High Stadium in Denver. What a game that is. That's huge. The Falcons and the 49ers play at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, and the Niners will be favourites there. The Rams host the Seahawks um, at SoFi Stadium. The Packers and the Ravens is, um, is the uh, last of the afternoon set. That game's in Baltimore. That's a big game, particularly for Baltimore, who've been very unsteady of late. And we'll get to see how good um, Green Bay are. The late Sunday night game across America is the New Orleans Saints heading into, into Tampa to play Tom Brady and his Buccaneers. And then a very important game. It mightn't be of much interest to most, but in the black and blue division and for the NFC wildcard, the Vikings simply have to win at Soldier Field. They've lost five of their last six against Chicago and they cannot afford to lose here. Sam, let's go to Dallas first, as we always do. Uh, Dallas has got New York at East Rutherford. Um, New York's probably packing things away, getting ready for next season, I would think. Dallas, a good professional football side. Dallas should win by 7-10, to 10, even though it's at East Rutherford. Yeah, agree. They'll, um, they'll, they'll win that game. Um, hopefully, there'll be an opportunity for a few players to get back into form. I'm, I'm still not convinced Zeke's anywhere near where he should be. He was just so good in the, the blocking game that they just keep trotting him out there to play. Um, be good to get Pollard back. Obviously, that'll miss, miss the week. We get him back. We should be in pretty good shape. I'd expect the Cowboys to, yeah, 7 to 10, if not more, over the Giants. Might be close in the beginning. And then, yep, in the, the rest of that division, Washington, the Eagles, it's it's win or go home for one of those teams. There's actually yep. quite, a, quite a lot of win or go homes this, this week. That one is one. Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. Uh, Steelers, if they don't win, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Um, I would suggest that if the 49ers don't win, and I actually don't think that will, I think the Falcons are actually sneaky good. Um, they're, they're a good, bad team, the Falcons. 
Uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I must disagree. I think San Francisco's on the up. I think they're playing very confident footy. If the, if the Raiders ever want to win in Cleveland, this is the weekend to do it. If they've got any ticker at all, they'll beat Cleveland because Cleveland's going to fall, roll out a second-string side, and that's only due to COVID. But I I actually favour the Raiders. I think the, I think the Raiders will win. I really do. If they can't if they can't beat a, a Nick Mullen-led, you know, uh, Browns team that's got hardly any weapons and players holes everywhere, then the Raiders may as well pack it up as well for, for the year, which is disappointing from where they started. Okay, so the talking point on our podcast next weekend is is going next week is going to be Atlanta and San Fran uh, to take the temperature of that one. David, you're on opposite sides of the field there. Uh, I got. I think San Francisco went comfortable actually. To be quite honest, um, Patriots and Colts is massive in Indy on Sunday morning or Sunday midday our time. Um, the Colts have got to keep winning. Um, they've been pretty impressive. Like, I think they're outstanding structural side, fundamental side. Carson Wentz, when he doesn't throw silly interceptions, is a good player. But the Patriots are hard, disciplined. They've got a whole new team that they've drafted, spent a lot of money, and they're, and they're working for each other. And Mac Jones doesn't make many mistakes. He's not a wonderful player, but he's disciplined and skillful. And having played for Nick Saban and then Bill Belichick's pretty good for your footy IQ, I would have thought. He so. knows his limits. He knows his limits. Yes. Like he, you know, he works out what he needs to do in a given game. And if that happens to be, you know, five passes, like or three passes, whatever it was a few weeks ago, that's what he does. But he's two for three and he made the important ones. And yeah, he just knows his limits and he's he's a first year quarterback, but he's absolute steal by the Patriots. And for all those people who have seen them run through a dynasty. You know, year after year with Tom Brady. Well, you know, if you don't like the Patriots, well, you're going to have to get used to them being right back there again because he's a he's a quality player. Cincy and Denver is another very important game for both of those sides for who are wanting a wildcard playoff spot. They're both seven and six. Um, a very important game at Mile High. And as I said, Denver have actually been pretty impressive for a side that I think. And they remember they got rid of Von Miller and so forth, but they've played pretty good football. Cincinnati don't give up. They've got a terrific quarterback who's playing injured. And they've got a good football side since then. I think they've got better since they got rid of Odell Beckham, to be quite honest. They've got rid of the, the, the elephant in the room. Uh, Sam and I disagree on the Falcons and the 49ers. I think the 49ers will actually win that relatively comfortably. I don't yeah, have... I, my, my thinking with that is this is just the one where the 49ers, like, finally they should win. They should win a game. They should do it comfortably. And I just... I don't know. I've seen, I've seen moments um, with Atlanta where I feel like they're, you know, they're a reasonable prospect. Um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Look, hopefully the 49ers can can continue their, their assault because it just makes that division even more interesting when they're winning. But there's some great games on the schedule here. Really, really solid games to keep an eye on. The Seahawks are good. The Rams, some some issues at SoFi, but I think that I expect the Rams to win. The Seahawks, probably in the last year of Pete Carroll being head coach, I think the Seahawks are in for some massive change in the offseason, inclusive of Russell Wilson possibly heading down to uh, Louisiana to play football. The Packers and the Ravens, 10 and 3 and 8 and 5. That's a cracking game of football. The Packers were up and down last week and ended up putting 45 on the Bears. The Ravens are a better team than that. Um, the Ravens are wounded. Lamar's still not 100% fit, I'm sure. Um, but I, I, although the Ravens are terrific at Baltimore, I still think that the Packers will win. The Buccaneers and the Saints, um, I don't think the Saints can make the playoffs. They're playing with... Um, you know, without James Winston, and we're not sure where their quarterback's going. They were good last week, but the Bucks, I think, are just starting that. Richard Sherman back last week. Uh, who knows what's going on with Antonio Brown? He's Antonio Brown, to be quite honest, he's a mystery wrapped up in Enigma, and I don't think it'll be a Tampa next year. And then that Monday night game is um, not big for Chicago because they can't get in the finals. 
but it is for the Vikings. They, the Vikings can't lose to Detroit and Chicago in a period of three weeks and expect to be a final side. So the Vikings simply have to win. It's as simple as that. We did say that two weeks ago. And nice and cold out there too for that matchup. Oh, my, the shores of Lake Michigan in December. Thank you very much. Not. You'd want to be have, get on some of that lovely Sivovitz or Brandy beforehand to uh, warm you up. But no, some huge games there. Uh, really huge games. And remember, everybody, for those of you that don't, and I know there's people that, are, that um, enjoy listening to our podcast. Thanks for that. Josh Moxie, big cheerio to you out there, mate. Uh, thank you for showing that some interest in our footy as well. Appreciate that. Big Tom O'Neill up there in Tamworth as well. But don't forget that there are games on Sunday, our time. So half past eight Sunday morning, the Raiders and the Browns are playing in Cleveland and following that at 12.15 our time on Sunday. Huge game. Huge game, that one. Patriots and Colts. I think there'll be a lot of people watching that. That'll be a cracking game of footy. Sam, anything else you wanted to talk about before we conclude our potty on, on this a Friday night? No, I think that's a really good summary. We've brought everyone up to speed, getting ready for week 15. I feel like the playoffs are going to really take shape after this weekend. So I think next week's podcast, we might have a bit of a look at the, you know, the playoffs, a bit of a projection of where we think they're going. But really interesting. I think we all love the fact that there's an extra day of NFL. Obviously, no more buys in the NFL. A couple of extra games. They've put it on Saturday. There's obviously no college football uh, that's being played. So, yeah, bring it on. Plenty of NFL and plenty of quality matchups. And when we get to the college football playoffs in, in the last week of December, because both of the um, the playoffs are on New Year's Day in America, I believe, or even the 31st, of one, of, one of the two, we'll certainly have a preview of those with Michigan playing Georgia and Alabama playing Cincinnati in the final four of, of, to get into the college football final. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks, David. On behalf of Sam Zick, and this is David Redden. That's been the Sam and the Big Man podcast for the 17th of December. You take care, everybody. Keep COVID safe. Regards to everyone, all my, all, particularly to our friends in Newcastle. Just hope you're going all right up there in Newcastle, Lake Mac. On behalf of Sammy, this is David. Bye-bye, all.